listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home for serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. Coming at you, we're going to be giving a, a little bit of a synopsis, some feedback, some criticism, some... Uh, uh, analysis of the uh, first debate last night, which a hundred million people tuned in for. That was a that was a record for people tuning into the debate. And by the second hour, uh, most people were back to watching the Falcon Saints games at the bar I was at. Oh, wait, Greg, I, I, uh, I want to uh, mention a fact to you, or, or something that we did yesterday. And you have a good audience, and uh, we appreciate your audience. And uh, we've got a very special deal. Anybody listening that wants to email me, David at America's Web Radio, we had uh, the Old Farmer's Almanac on. They're celebrating. They are the the oldest continuing publication in the United States. And they're celebrating their 225th anniversary. And if you're listening, you'd like a calendar, an Old Farmer's Almanac calendar, just uh, drop me an email, and I'll be glad to... uh, See that you get one. Yeah, that's cool because the farmers' almanac they do all the weather predictions oh, and say, yeah, stuff. no, I, moon I, signs, yeah, and, I, uh, and moon pie, <laughs> and, uh, you know, all that moon stuff. Yeah, no, that's really neat. Uh, you know, the farmers' almanac is something that I remember reading as a kid. My grandma always had the, uh, you know, the most recent version on there, and it's. I think it's a really a southern, midwestern thing. And the Yankees, oh, oh, no, Yankee, it Yankees, Yankees into Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Canadia, eh? Hey. <laughs> So, Dave, you watched the debate or part of it last night. You were not uh, enthralled, uh, apparently. We we talk off air here at americaswebradio.com. Um, and we're going to analyze a little more. We've got Joe McCutcheon calling in. Joe's going to be fired up at about 2.15. And then Ellen Deal is going to visit us in studio. But uh, we wanted to preface it a little bit. I did want to give a shout-out to Madame Tassad's Wax Museum. They almost made her look lifelike last night with the makeup. <laughs> you know... Uh... <laughs> My wife is not uh, Mrs. Observant, particularly, okay. or, or not into politics heavily. But she saw Hillary, I guess, that interview with her on the plane that she looked like she should have been in a casket. Yeah. I mean, really. Mm, she for real. But she was coughing bad. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my wife mentioned, you know, God, she's, she really looks bad. And then last night, at the same token, uh, my wife mentioned, well, you know, she looks better than... Uh, Trump does, and uh, I, you know, you wonder how much the makeup costs, how much the billions of dollars she's collecting <laughs> is going for makeup and Botox. And I was about to say, how many animals did they have to test that makeup on to make sure it was safe for human consumption? Uh, but she, you know, and you hate to give the devil her due, but she, <laughs> she looked better last night than she than she has in a while. But a, a good friend of mine, and I'm sure everybody's been talking about it, he hit. The nail right on the head. Uh, Trump was not perfect by any stretch, but Hillary, and I was trying to find the words, and he came up with the word. She was extremely, in my opinion and his opinion, robotic. Oh, she, the, it was a monotone. The whole I, I watched part of it last night when I got home. I was live blogging, live tweeting it. At uh, we were at Hudson Grill in Sandy Springs with the Fulton GOP and Atlanta Young Republicans. Shoutouts to both of those. Excellent groups, and I um, I thought Trump started off very well. 
Clinton came on and did. She sounded like a monotone robot who really doesn't care about America at all. And I thought I heard it that way. When I got home, uh, Fox replayed it again, uh, for which was basically auditory waterboarding if you didn't like it the first time. But it was the same robotic, very programmed, very unemotional uh, tone. I mean, I it was it was like a robot. Wasn't it? Smiles. The Everything was faked, it yeah. seemed like. And she kept looking down, like yeah, she had notes. I, uh, I mean, you know, Trump, um, you know, rambled a lot. He's never met a run-on sentence that he didn't like. Uh, but I'd like to remind the listeners of one thing. The average American has an eighth grade reading level. You can, you can blame your, your schools for that. It's not my fault. But so when he's talking in these very choppy sentences and repeating words like tremendous and great and the word I, I think it actually does have an impact. Most of the snap polls, except for CNN last night, said Trump was the winner. So he was able to communicate his message. And I think Trump was really talking to the, the blue-collar workers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan, and, and, and some of these other states, that when he's talking about jobs going away because of NAFTA, that is his target audience. So he's not, he's not trying to talk to the Ivy League scholars. They're already either going to vote for Clinton or vote for Jill Stein, the, the communist on the ballot, right? Yeah, let me ask you something. And, and it's because I'm blind and can't hear and don't know you, but are you white and educated? I believe. And, and, and are you a man? I am Caucasian, that's for sure. And man? Um, and, yes. And, and Yes, I've been taking, I've been taking pills to make it so. And I guess the uh, <laughs> University of Georgia is considered a... It is higher education. It is higher. So <laughs> why, why do I keep hearing that... Uh, that Trump is not attracting any white men that have a college education. Um, you know, I have I, a college education. Right. I mean, I'm definitely going to be voting for Trump over Hillary Clinton. He was not my first choice nor the second, but he is a much better choice than Hillary Clinton. We already know how that story is going to end. She's already the, been the most corrupt secretary of state ever. Uh, she'd have to rival Obama's uh, administration's level of corruption. I think she could actually finish first in that one. The most transparent administration ever. You've seen that uh, Obama apparently had some pseudonym, uh, like a Carlos Danger, if you will, when he was um, going back and forth on email. So that's that's just more evidence that they have been surreptitious in this administration. And they're trying to cover each other's tracks, basically, is what I think. Who was it? I just had this thought. Which president was it that had the stroke and his wife basically, was it Wilson? Yep. Okay. So how about this scenario? Hillary wins and Billy becomes president. I, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, the first man, right? Yeah. <laughs> First gentleman. Well, he, he ain't no gentleman, so that can't be. The it. first Manica. Manica. Just kidding. <laughs> but I, I'm serious. Okay, yeah. so she goes into one of her seizures or one of her whatevers, and uh, who have we got running the country? Billy Boy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, we all feel that uh, there's some nefarious string pulling right now behind the Obama administration with Valerie Jarrett and George Soros at all. Uh, and, and people have looked at how much George Soros has been dumping into elections. Even here, he dumped $100,000 into a DA race in Henry County, and the Republican nominee dropped out. He said he didn't want to be pulled through the mud. And so George Soros, a foreigner, uh, is, is having a, a, an influence 
influence on on our local elections. It's bad enough when they're you know federally um, charged, but when uh, when you're impacting the local levels, that's truly scary. When you can dump a hundred thousand dollars, which is nothing to him, it's a it's a weekend at uh, at the mall, but that could knock out a Republican contender in Henry County. That that's disturbing. Very. I hadn't heard that. Uh, did this just recently happen? Or? Yeah, it was in the past couple of weeks. I'll send you the link on it. But um, you know, Henry County's a, it's basically a fifty-fifty county now, and it's starting to skew uh, Democrat. And this um, this DA had uh, or this candidate pulled out and said he did not want to put his family through the ringer and didn't want to have to. Uh, deal with a negative campaign and you know he's been criticized a little bit for it because you know when, when you do let the bully win all that's going to do is encourage more bullying behavior isn't it? Don't, I mean that's what we grew up learning and knowing. You know Soros is obviously my age might even be older than me I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen when that Sucker dies finally. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I, who knows? He's well. He has Is there a, a George Soros. Well, he foundation? has um, media matters. He has a bunch of, um, I guess, media arms Snoop. and small Snopes. The Snopes from him. Yep. Is it okay? So he's his legacy will will certainly live on. Uh, he's basically the left wing version. The the liberals hate the Koch brothers. Uh, Koch brothers are behind Americans for Prosperity. I've actually been to many uh, AFP events and. It it is, you know, I, I don't, I guess I understand why liberals are intimidated by them because they do dump a lot of money. They helped protect Scott Walker up in uh, Wisconsin a couple of years ago when he had the recall. Uh, but I mean, all their message is literally get government out of the way, get government subsidies out of the way, let the free market work and, and let capitalism work uh, unbridled by cronyism. And I don't, I, I really don't see how that's an evil message. But Soros is one world order, isn't he? Oh, of course, new world order. Oh, yeah, no, they want the one world government. They want a borderless country. The uh, the, the argument for a nation without borders is uh, that people should be able to freely move around the earth because there's an unequal distribution of natural resources. That's that's their uh, ideology. That for some reason, because certain areas didn't get certain natural resources, they should be able to come here or wherever they want. And get all the. I know you're playing the world's largest violin over there, but uh, yeah. So I, I think that that's a um, it's a false argument. It's a dangerous argument. It takes steals the sovereignty of a nation. Uh, why why it's been two, more than 200 years for us to build uh, the greatest nation ever? Why should we let it be torn down by some open borders immigration policy because it makes the left feel better? You know, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to get back to your opinion and, and stuff on the debate. I guess. My biggest problem with the debate last night was that, in my opinion, the door was open to Trump on a number of occasions, like when they were going after after him on his uh, tax return, I had the perfect thing is, you know, at this point, my tax return is irrelevant. It hasn't killed anyone. It didn't kill anyone in Benghazi, and at this point, what difference does it make? <laughs> yeah. You know, but he had a number of openings that he could have been nice, but slammed the door right in her face. Right. And well, I mean, I think I think the the feeling, the sentiment after the uh, the debate last night, 
was a an evening of missed opportunities. Yeah. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, the moderator went after Trump several times. And Trump really, he, I didn't like his answer about the stop and frisk. And I really didn't like his answer about the birther question. Did you see Hillary, uh, as programmed and as robotic as she is, she was able to defuse the email question. She basically said, I regret it. I, I would, if I had it to go over again, I wouldn't have done it. Let's move on. Trump went through this very uh, convoluted explanation of the birther issue when he had actually done a press conference just two weeks ago and said, hey, Barack's born in the United States. Let's drop it. He needs to, to get some really uh, compact answers to some of these questions because when he starts meandering around, he he starts really kind of digging into holes and he's, he's not able to connect the dots very well. He needs to have three or four levels of attack against Hillary Clinton, which shouldn't be hard. We could come up with them right here in the next segment, actually. But, uh, and we probably will with Joe McCutcheon, the number one talk show caller in America. I am quite pleased to have him on the show today. He was fired up for Ted Cruz and now he's fired up for Trump. I want to get his feedback. Uh, he lives up in LJ in Gilmer County and I want to get his feedback of what happened last night. Again, the interesting thing is most of the people last night said, yeah, Hillary Clinton probably did better at the debate, but the snap polls, and these were from Time Magazine and USA Today, and not exactly bastions of right-wing conservatism, They their vote tally showed that the people thought Donald Trump won, which, again, I... I it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the voters think. And if Donald Trump was able to get his message across and then the people chose to vote in the poll, well, there's your answer. So I guess we're going to go ahead and take our first uh, first commercial break here. We'll be back with Joe McCutcheon, the number one talk show caller in America, calling into Greg's list today to talk about the debate, Trump, and uh, the future of the uh, Republican Party. Be back in a couple minutes on Greg's list. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. 
on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's Just Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. Joining us now, not a first time guest, but a second time guest, Joe McCutcheon from Ella J, Georgia, who's a uh, huge Republic, well, conservative. I know the Republican brand can sometimes uh, come across as a little bit damaged. Joe McCutcheon, welcome back to Greg's List. How are you, sir? Greg, it's an honor to be on your show. I always enjoy it, and you do a great job. Uh, I love talk radio. Keep up the great work. Well, I appreciate it. We, uh, You are the number one caller in to talk radio, and you've only called me twice now, so I feel a little <laughs> neglected. You tell me anytime you want me to call, I'll call, Greg. Well, okay. you know what? After last night, um, I started thinking about how much of a Ted Cruz fan uh, you were, and the disappointment, obviously, when he uh, he didn't make it through the primary. But you've you've been able to to find some solace in Trump, and you've been a a, a very good supporter. What was your take last night? I'm sure you watched the debate. Um, I yeah. we've talked about it a little bit. I'm, I'm I think a lot of us are disappointed in that the missed opportunities, but I want to hear. Uh, what your opinion of it was? Well, I thought uh, I thought Trump. I mean, here's the way I look at it, Greg. We got to make a choice. Trump's going to give us lower taxes. Hillary's going to raise our taxes. Trump's going to appoint conservative judges. Uh, Hillary's going to appoint liberal judges. Uh, there's no question that Trump is by far the best for the future of my seven grandchildren and your children and so forth. But I really thought the one thing that got me fired up about Trump, Steve Moore, is the the economic uh, guru for Trump. And Steve, right. uh, back, my, my son's president of the Georgia Public, and he had Steve down to speak to the, to the Georgia Public 14 years ago when he was president, when Steve was president of the Club for Growth. Then he went on to write the great uh, editorials for the Wall Street Journal and then became a top guy at Heritage. Well, Steve and I, I talked to him this morning, and Steve said, Joe, the 26 million small business owners in America are going to put Donald Trump in the White House simply because, just what I said before, uh, Hillary is going to raise their taxes and increase their regulations. Trump's going to cut their taxes and their, and and decrease the regulations. And I think that will that Greg, in my judgment, and that of Steve Moore, who I have enormous respect for, yep. I think that'll put Donald Trump in the White House. Well, and, and you know the 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 fact is is uh, does does Trump communicate as effectively as he could? No, he needs to to be able to connect the dots a little quicker, uh, make his yeah. sentences a little bit more compact. But guess what? The the snap polls last night, except for CNN, which was heavily skewed by fifteen points to the Democrats, almost every poll from a lot of you know certainly not conservative uh, magazines or conservative websites like USA Today and um, Time Magazine, the viewers said. Trump won. And so, you know, we can we can worry about does Trump speak in this flowery language? Does he uh, does he sound like a poet? No. But if he's communicating his message specifically to the people in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan and the folks that have been crushed by the uh, the regulations and big labor and the fact that these companies are moving their factories, that speaks directly to them. What do you, I mean? I, I think that that it, he's hitting the tone he needs to for those voters. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that, and I feel like that, uh, uh, well, Steve Moore thinks he'll win a landslide win because he thinks the twenty the 26 million small business owners will give him a landslide victory, and I believe that. You know, he was down, I think, six or eight points a couple of weeks ago. Now the polls uh, show him either tied or ahead, or it's just a very close race. And in my opinion, uh, the next debate, in fact, Steve told me this morning when he talked to me, he said, Joe, watch the next debate. We're going to really come on strong, and we'll get the 
across the 26 million small businesses. So he, he's got, Greg, he's got the best economic team in world history. Steve <laughs> told me, he said, Joe, we can get 4% growth. They've got Art Laffer. They've got Larry Kudlow and Steve. All three of them work for Reagan. Uh, they've got by far the best economic right. team. I think they can give us 4% growth. And I'm calling everybody I've known since I'm five years old and say, get out there and vote for Trump <laughs> for the future of your children and grandchildren. Uh, Greg, I think, and I'd love to say it on your show, I predict Trump will would win with a massive landslide win because I think the voters and taxpayers, a lot of them have been asleep for 50 years, but now they're waking up to the fact that we've had high taxes under Obama. Hillary's going to give us more taxes and regulations. Uh, we have got to get Trump elected. So I'm, I'm extremely fired up and energized. And, you know, I love talk shows like yours because uh, uh, that to me, talk shows are really going to elect Trump. I think shows like yours, in my opinion, that's going to elect Donald Trump. So, Greg, I appreciate. Hey, that's so a lot much of pr- Joe. You're that's saying, you're, and, uh, you're putting the pressure. Gotcha. You're putting the pressure yeah. of the Supreme Court on me. I don't know if I can live <laughs> up to that. I, uh, but you, you, you raised you raised a really good point, and a lot of folks, you know, Donald Trump may not have been their first choice, but you raised a very valid point that Hillary is going to put in liberal judges on the Supreme Court. And the other assumption that we could we would have is if if when Donald Trump wins, you can. Rest assured, the Republicans are going to keep the House of Representatives, which is which is very conservative in my opinion, uh, and yes. and the Senate, which is which is moderate. But we found out that you really can't get a whole lot done when you have a president who really won't admit the many failures, like Dodd Frank and Obamacare, who refuses to negotiate with the Republican Congress. And, I, and frankly, Republicans have been a little bit uh, obstinate as well. But we, um, I'm actually happy with a do nothing Congress, to be honest. But we 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 need we need a do something. Congress next time so we can repeal Obamacare and pull back the curtain on Dodd-Frank, which has destroyed community banks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're exactly right, Greg. I think that will happen. I'm extremely optimistic, and I think we'll, uh, in my opinion, we're going to elect more conservative members of Congress who will, you know, you mentioned Ted Cruz. Cruz has a 100% voting record with heritage, and uh, people need to check voting records. Unfortunately, a lot of our Republicans, and some of them in Georgia, they talk conservative, but their record is not is not conservative at all, so we need to wake up the taxpayers who've been sleeping for about 50 years and say, look, check the voting record. All these people tell you they're conservative, but they're really not. Right. Most of them, you know, talk that way, but somebody like Ted Cruz, and I think Ted will, um, you know, real, really help Trump get his economic program through. We need to elect more people like Cruz and Mike Lee of Utah who have a 100% voting record. So, Greg, I would like to encourage you to encourage your listeners to not just listen. I don't believe anything politicians say. Check their voting record. And most of, a lot of our Georgia Republicans that talk conservative, and you know who they are, they're really not very conservative, and you know that, right? Oh, well, you know, that's the thing, is they talk a good game on the campaign trail, but when you hear some of the excuses from them, they'll say, well, you know, every dollar has a constituency, Greg. So it's really hard to actually decrease spending, which is why the Greg plan would be, if we really want to decrease spending, we need to decrease everything across the board. We need to cut everything yes. by 5% and, and see what happens. The, 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 the United- Greg, that's a good idea. And, you know, we need to put people pressure on uh, these local Republicans we have. And, you know, I like Johnny Isaacson a lot, but Johnny is certainly 
I like him a lot. I've known him 30 years, but I would never call Johnny a conservative in any any way, shape, or form. Well, Johnny's, Johnny's had a, he's, he hasn't I, been you know as conservative as maybe a cruiser Lee, but he's also been somewhat of a statesman to get some things done. He's never voted for a tax increase. So I, 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 we do need him to win over Jim Barksdale. That is 100% sure and without a runoff, because I know you don't want to be pestered for nine weeks after November, right? <laughs> Well, I'm voting for Buckley, but uh, anyway, I, I think that, you know, I think that we've got study, but all I do is study voting records. Right. I mean, whether they're in, like Cruz and Lee, they're 100. Well, my goal is to elect more people that'll vote like Cruz and Lee. When you're under, you know, back when I went to Georgia Tech, anything under 70, it was a failure. <laughs> well, we've got some Georgia people, and you know who I'm talking about, that do not have, they're, they're way under 70. But a lot of Georgia people don't realize that, so my goal is to, Try to wake up Paul Revere of the taxpayers and say, hey, look, don't pay any attention to what these people are saying. Check their voting records. Cruz and Lee are 100. Right. Now, well, I'm sorry Ted got beaten, but I really think I really think Trump will be a great president. With Steve Moore and these economic advisors, hey, hey, Greg, they've got the best economic advisors in world history. And Steve Moore told me today, he said, Joe, we got to get Trump elected. We can get you 4% growth in the next four years. We've had, what, one and one and a half under Obama. So we got to get growth, and and that's why yeah. I think Steve Moore and and Art Laffer and uh, Larry Kudlow they can do that. So it's just so important. Well, the, the problem you know, the problem, Joe, is that the national debt has been growing at five to six percent every year, and it now exceeds our gross national product. That's a real yeah. problem because we're never going to. I don't think we have any interest in paying down. I, me and you do, but uh, uh, the government. I don't think they have any interest in actually paying down the debt much, or, or I don't think they have any interest in balancing the budget, much less actually paying down the. 20- Twenty trillion, and I know I know I sound like a broken record, but that is going to have consequences. We have historically low interest rates. When those normalize, our debt service is going to exceed our national security budget. That is a problem. That is right. Well, also too, a lot of our Republicans talk conservative, and they cave, capitulate, and compromise to the Democrats. You know, I tell these Republicans, I say, look, you're you're voting for more spending. I've been voting Republican for fifty years, but what I around and I see that the spending is going up. You know, like this omnibus bill, every single Georgia congressman, Isaacson and senators, even Purdue voted for it. You know, I'm I'm an old Georgia Tech guy, and Purdue's a Tech guy. I was really disappointed. He voted for that thing. But they voted for this terrible omnibus bill, which gave Hillary everything he wanted. And the only the only person in the Georgia delegation that voted against was Jody Heiss. I was with Ted Cruz at a rally in Marietta right after Cruz voted against against that omnibus bill. I said, Ted, how bad is this omnibus bill? He said, Joe, it's horrible. It gives Cruz, I mean, excuse me, it gives uh, Obama everything he wants. So, Greg, one of the real problems is our Republican delegation, uh, I mean, they are not conservative. I like them. I know them all personally. (laughs) But they're not. They talk the game, but then they cave, capitulate, and compromise. And so we've got to wake up the voters to put the pressure on people like Isaacson and Purdue and all these guys, even Tom Price. Uh, and say, look, quit. You gotta cut spending. Don't talk about it. You talk a good game, but when yeah. I look at your voting record, you're you're voting for more spending. And the spending, one thing about it, Greg, the spending goes up each year. And you know, even with Republicans controlling Congress, guess what? Guess what happens to spending? The it Republicans raise it every year. You know that government's government has been growing. The uh, the feds can print money. They just uh, 
they, there's no appetite right now to balance the budget and make the hard decisions that's necessary. You can't. The government should not be the main employer of any society. When, once you hit well, that, I think, I, yeah, I think <laughs> great, great shows like yours and, and say you're, you, you're. I don't know how many people you you hear, but they're but they're hearing this. And what we've got to do, people like you and me, we got to Paul Revere, these taxpayers, and voters, and wake them up from their fifty-year nap and say, "Look, quit reelecting Republicans that." have a voting record under 70 that vote for more spending. And the only way you're going to find that out is is check their record. And so I, what I'm trying to do is get on, as you say, I'm the number one caller of talk shows. I was on Hannity the other day. I said, well, Sean, we got to get people to cut spending. And that's what the Republicans are not doing. Yes, they don't vote for tax increases, but if you're if you're spending more money and voting for more spending and you're not uh, – you know, you're not cutting that spending. Well, you're eventually going to be bankrupt. Exactly. And frankly, our country with a twenty trillion dollar debt and another hundred trillion liabilities, if we're about bankrupt, and we, so we, have we such... need to get after our Republicans. I have been Jill... extremely disappointed. And I've been working in conservative politics since I was president of the student body at Georgia Tech back in '62. That's 54 years. <laughs> what I found happen is these Republicans, and I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a conservative. They continue to just cave, capitulating, compromise, talk conservative, and then vote for more spending. So, Greg, if there's one thing we can agree on, and and you're an excellent talk show host, is we need it. Paul Revere, the taxpayers and voters, to wake up and exactly. not listen to what the politicians we need to, say. We but need to get these uh, voting records. We need to get these these rip not voting well. Joe McCutcheon, we need to wake up these Rip Van Winkle Republicans. You're absolutely right. We've uh, we're at the end of our segment. I got to get you back on. If you're the number one talk show caller, I got to get you on more often. Joe <laughs> McCutcheon, Ella J. Georgia. Me on, Greg, I love to come on, and I appreciate you very much. Keep up your great work. Uh, my pleasure, and go sir. Bulldog, when go dogs, go dogs, and go Georgia Tech. Yep. Okay. Well, I see. You're great. Thank <laughs> okay. you so much. Thanks, Joe. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Ellen Deal is here in the flesh, in studio. We're going to be talking Trump and all sorts of fun things uh, when we come back on the other side of the break. We'll see you in a minute on Greg's List. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. We've got uh, one, of, one of my newest, greatest friends, tremendous friend, Ellen Deal, who was up in Cleveland with me during the uh, Republican National Convention. We were actually, uh, we, we did a little bit of a video there, remember, when we, yes. uh, we, we opened up our bags that uh, all the co- um, attendees were given, and we got some pretty cool stuff, if I remember yeah. correctly, and that had actually the most views. Of, of any of my uh, Facebook lives that I've ever done. So it had uh, more than 1,500, and I didn't even promote it. So, yes, <laughs> Trump Trump knows how to win. He's got a winning temperament, and so do Greg and Ellen. So Ellen's been uh, a grassroots leader for the Trump campaign here in Georgia. You've been traveling around a lot. You actually formed a, a committee called Stump for Trump, I believe. Yeah, that- Stump for Trump okay. GA. Okay. Based out of DeKalb County, because DeKalb County um, needed some people stumping for Trump out there. And uh, me and my co-chair, Carl Stokes, we were really excited to jump off and do that. And what's interesting is our first meeting was on August 26th. So yesterday was the 26th. And yesterday I got my first other group to commit to wanting to spin off and do their own Stump for Trump GA. They are excited about doing phone banking and canvassing, which is door knocking. Right. And they are ready to go, and I'm going to call them back this afternoon and get the information. Or give them okay, the you need to speak up a little bit more. Okay. Okay. So uh, anyway, we, whenever you have the pressure of live uh, performances, we actually have cameras on here too, which is uh, the camera adds ten pounds. I'm feeling a little heavy right now, but uh, so the Trump debate last night, hundred million people tuned in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the feedback that uh, that I had personally was we he missed on some opportunities. Started off really well. Needs to be able to uh, communicate uh, a, a little more efficiently. What what was your uh, thoughts? Yeah, um, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback when you're sitting there and you have you know the the pleasure of a glass of Chardonnay and you're able to relax. But he's <laughs> sitting there, you know, with bright lights. And I have to say, I think they gypped him on his microphone. Did you notice how low his microphone was? He had to keep hunching down to get to that. I think that was a Jedi mind trick they were playing on him there. <laughs> but when he said that ICE endorses him, um, I th- he should have said, you know, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement has endorsed me, but I'll tell you who endorses Hillary Clinton, ISIS. I mean, <laughs> what a perfect opportunity to just zing that in there. Yes, exactly. He needs to be able to come up with three or four zingers, some lines of attack on her, which it's not hard. I mean, she's got really an open book when it comes time for criticism. And he needs to be able to say it with, you know, a, a good delivery. 
and and connect the dots in a much more uh, efficient way than he was doing last night, especially with the birther question that came out. That was, uh, you know, he just did a press conference two weeks ago and said, yes, Obama's born in the United States. Let's end this, you know, debate. Let's end this controversy. He could have easily said that last night. That's how Clinton got, got away from uh, the email issue. She said, look, if I, right. it was a mistake, I won't, won't ever do it again. Let's move on. And the moderator was gleefully moving on. Yes. And it, right after saying that, you know, ISIS endorses Hillary, he should have gone in to talk about, you know, she takes money from countries that want to abuse the rights of women and gays. So exactly. we're talking about Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iran, Morocco, Yemen. And, I mean, not just women, but I ask people this all the time when I'm going around talking. If some of your gay friends went to a mosque and asked to get married at that mosque, what do you think would happen to that gay couple? At probably, the a, probably a no. It, well, How do you say no in Arabic? Uh, with no. A, with a knife across the neck, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So, they wouldn't exactly be escorted down the aisle with one of the imams. Right. So we have it really here, good here in the United States of America, but we've got to fight for yeah. our rights to keep them. We, yeah, absolutely. We need uh, – and Trump – again, this uh, the Iran deal has turned out to be an awful deal. The, it hasn't stopped the Iranians from pursuing – I mean, basically Hillary Clinton said, yeah, it stopped them from pursuing a nuclear weapon. It absolutely hasn't. Every, every bit of intel that we have says that they're continuing to – to do so. We're seeing that basically we've sent bags and suitcases of cash to free the uh, hostages, which right. to me is a paying a ransom. Yes. There's plenty of lines that we could uh, exploit uh, and show how bad of a leader Hillary Clinton is. I, I think what we my frustration was last night it, you know, if even a Chris Christie, I think, mm-hmm. would have been able to really prosecute Hillary Clinton. And, and and this was Trump's first one-on-one debate. Right. So, you know, we're going to give him a little bit of uh, a, a learning curve. Uh, and hopefully it comes comes out swinging on October 4th. I think he's used to having to, you know, fight in a, a group cage match instead of a one-on-one so frequently that to have the simple back and forth of a volley was probably unnatural to him because he's used to being attacked by multiple candidates simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, a, another good point would have been about the, the cash for the hostages that you mentioned being $400 million in cash. Let's start monetizing that. What can you do with $400 million? Except it wasn't $400 million. It was $1.7 billion. Billion with a B. In unison, they said. Um, so that's to what, Iran? Now, what yeah. could we do for the veterans with $107 billion? Right. What could we do for homeless people? What could we do for people that need better jobs? Think about the veterans that 22 uh, commit suicide every day. Yes. And we're doing a refugee resettlement program that's costing $3.5 billion, mm-hmm. and we're moving in problems. Instead of letting them build up their own country, if we're gonna if we're gonna spend money on on uh, refugees and immigrants, let's spend money in their countries and have them build them up again. Because all you do is create a vacuum when you keep pulling out people from these countries. They will never rebuild themselves. They will never become bastions of freedom and democracy and and and, and free markets. If you remove anybody that can get out from there, instead of encouraging them to build and invest in their own infrastructures, it creates a a. Vic- 
vicious cycle. It's cyclical that, uh, you know, the, these, these countries will continue to circle the drain and the only people left will be the absolute worst of the worst that want to attack and kill Americans. Right. Well, I mean, as long as we're talking about money, let's talk about Social Security versus entitlement programs. You hear all the time politicians talk about Social Security is at risk. I've been paying into this system for a long time, mm-hmm. and, and there are a lot of great things that our tax dollars do for us. I mean, the fire department, the police department, my goodness, who am I going to call in the middle of the night if someone kicks in my door? Not a politician. You're going to call 9-1-Gun, too, there don't you? you? Mm, okay. Oops. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so there's that. But people talk about Social Security going away. They never talk about entitlement programs going away. And we're Mm-mm. bringing over more and more people that feel like they're entitled to much of what I've worked hard for and you've worked hard right. to for. So The economic question we need to ask for uh, the resettling <laughs> second and third world is, are you willing to pay more taxes for these folks? Are you willing to have less teachers per student in the classrooms? Because it's an there's an economic cost. Anytime you increase the number of people, you strain resources, the roads and the hospitals and the schools get there's more people, which means we need to be spending more money on these. And that's the real economic question. I don't want to say I don't like somebody because they're different than me. Right. I love people that are different. My wife is from Ecuador, so uh, you know we I've I've already brought up two, three new voters. Her family's now here and registered to vote, and they actually are big fans of Trump. So uh, mission accomplished in that regard. But it, the idea that Republicans, because we care about illegal immigration, means we're xenophobic is is preposterous. But we do need to get our Republicans to be able to talk about it from an economic standpoint and not just from a, oh, we need to be scared of everybody. Because mm-hmm. fear-mongering doesn't work. Yeah. So, so what the Trump campaign really needs right now is people to do phone banking and canvassing. Phone banking being the number, number, number one thing with a bullet. Um, apparently, during the primaries, Georgia made more phone calls into Iowa than Iowa did. So, <laughs> you know, we can do it. Uh, everybody has had a chance to rest. Let's get fired up again and start making those phone calls because they are effective. And it's very easy to do. If you'll go out to Trump Talks GA, and um, I'll probably have to send you to my Stump for Trump GA Facebook page because I don't remember all the directions, but it's simple. And once you get registered, you can do it from home. So in the comfort of your lazy boy chair, you can make phone calls to get Donald Trump elected to be the next POTUS. That is amazing. So we're going to do a little experiment here. This is going to be kind of meta. Uh-oh. But, oh yeah, we're going to go live. We're going to do a video behind the scenes. And so, Ellen, since you have a much better face for video, we're going Sheesh. to uh, film uh, you for a few minutes because we really employed this. So I'm going to go live right now. All right. Three, two, one. All so right. I've got you framed very well there. Wonderful. Well, luckily. So, yeah. So, anyway, you know, when we were doing the stump for Trump, last night you were at uh, BQE. Yes. And uh, you were watching with a mixed group of folks, right? There was the Democrats, Independents, Republicans. Mixed political opinions. You, yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah, okay. Well, so. actually mixed in all ways. Yeah. Right. So there was a diverse <laughs> diverse coalition, right? There was obviously yes. the Caucasians there. There right. was some African Americans. There's just a lot of diverse people. What, um, you know, what was the feedback from the debate last night? The first the first 30 minutes I thought was pretty even. Yeah, so um, the the feedback from the debate, uh, I don't think it changed anyone's mind. The people that were for Trump continue to be for Trump. The people that were for Hillary continue to be for mm-hmm. Hillary. What was interesting that occurred at debatewatch.net before the event began was there were um, five panelists and a moderator. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple of Republicans, 
a couple of Democrats, and an independent. So it was like a focus group kind yeah. of last night. Cool. Right. It was very interesting. But while that was going on, some of the um, Hillary supporters were quite vocal from the sidelines, and um, that's probably <laughs> all I'll say about that. Was it like a uh, uh, the, the Jesse show or something like that? Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer. Awesome. That's but but no, nobody got hit by a chair, though, right? No, nothing went No on. broken noses. There were, there were cameras. No, Nobody cool. started swinging because when there's a camera around, they nobody's yeah so Trump when he started off he seemed uh, he seemed I don't want to subdued is is probably a good word to describe it I don't he he was very measured and as it went on he seemed to lose a little bit of focus um, Hillary did get a couple of little one-liners in there he got a couple into her uh, trumped up trickle down I, I don't know who wrote that for her that was horrible yeah that, that is not probably going probably Mark Cuban that's not going to be hashtag trending my friends Mm-mm. not not at all so uh, you know what we're gonna go take our uh our 2.45 break here, but we're going to be back. In fact, we're going to probably just stay on with Ellen, so you guys are going to get to see what happens behind the scenes here on Greg's List. We'll see you guys that are listening. We'll be back in two minutes. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
And we're back live, live. This is uh, this is kind of surreal. I got to say, we're actually recording uh, on Facebook Live, which is such a cool invention. We enjoyed that here with Alan Deal, David Moxley, Greg Williams. You're listening to Greg's List. Uh, we're we're kind of going over the uh, the debate that happened last night. Hundred million people tuned in uh, for the first part of it. I will say that uh, by the uh, second hour, I I kind of tuned in the Falcons game. I was live blogging and live tweeting, and I kind of ran out of. I, I became real low energy. Jeff Bush would have really appreciated me last night. <laughs> but uh, so you were out with a with a group in downtown Atlanta yes. that's uh, watching it. Um, Ellen Deal's done uh, set up the group Stump for Trump out of DeKalb County, and I am a DeKalbian as well right okay. now. I've been there for fourteen years, Good. so I'm in Toco Hills. I'm mm-hmm. in the very liberal area of uh, DeKalb. I see a lot more um, Hillary and Jill Stein uh, signs everywhere. Right. So right. I need to go on a littering spree and put up all the Trump pints I can do. Right? Yeah. I wish I had started much much sooner than than we did. On on Stump for Trump GA, what what, what happened was um, <laughs> I, I didn't know that I could do anything up until right after the National Convention right. in Cleveland. And I came home and I said, well, what can I do? And there was a lady named Claire Harrison in Cobb County oh, yeah. who was just tearing it up. And she'll have rally meetings and have 200 people show out. And this is, you know, just one woman started this up a year ago. Right. And so Stumford Trump GA, when we had our first meeting a month ago, the 26th was a month ago. That was ago. August 26th. Yeah. That was at DeKalb GOP. Um, was that, right? that was the second meeting okay. that was at the DeKalb GOP. They were very gracious to let us use their space. Yeah. Um, but the first one was at um, a lovely retirement home called The Orchard. Inn. Oh, yeah, with Irina. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. Yes. Irina's been on the show. Irina's probably listening in. So, yeah. Uh, good. She's been a big time Trump supporter from day one. The, the interesting thing is, I've seen some of the most passionate. Trump supporters come out that uh, you know Brad Carver. He, yeah. Trump wasn't his first choice, but now Brad is fully on the uh, the Trump train. He was on the show, uh, I guess, two weeks ago. I, right. I, I was um, absent last week. Don't tell anybody. I've got a doctor's note for that. But uh, so it's been interesting to see people come out and say, "Look, the alternative is horrible Hillary." That yeah. would be her garbage pail kid name, yeah. horrible Hillary, and who just really doesn't like America. It has uh, shown a pattern of corruption, a pattern of incompetence. I mean, that's that's the most frustrating thing for me last night, not seeing Trump be able to prosecute her for her abject failure mm-hmm. as Secretary of State and some of the other uh, uh, positions of leadership that right. she's quote-unquote had. Right. So as an evangelical myself, can I speak to our four million evangelicals for a second? We can give a shout-out and amen, a hallelujah. There you go. Amen. So the four million <laughs> of you that did not turn out in the last presidential for election. For the Mormon Guess how many we lost by last time? Four million. So we really need to activate our base. We're going to be calling everybody and knocking on your doors to get you out there. If we can just get our own party to turn out and vote. And I realize there are some people that are saying neither candidate is a perfect person. We are not voting for Jesus. We are not voting for a savior. We're voting for a human being to run our country to the best of our abilities. So you just think about the top three things that you want done in this nation and which candidate is saying they're going to accomplish that. And if Donald Trump only does the top three things, that is more than we've gotten over the last eight years. So everybody needs to get out to vote. Come on, evangelicals, get on board. We're not voting for a pastor. He's not going to come to your church or try and baptize you. He's going to run our country, and that's what we want him to do. Well, you know what? The one thing I will say, last night, uh, you know, our never-Trumpers and our never-Hillarys and the folks that really have uh, taken this election as kind of a self-righteous rite of passage – 
the the good thing is is if if these candidates are truly as uninspiring as as they claim that's good because maybe that will make people realize that nobody is going to save you. You're going to have to fend for yourself, my friends, and uh, don't count on Hillary and don't count on Donald Trump to actually save you. You're going to have to do a little bit of work yourself. I do think that the policies that Obama and Hillary uh, or Hillary would continue and that Obama has put in place, I think that creates a lot of headwinds. Uh, I think that creates a lot of uh, hurdles for, for the average middle-class family to get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Donald Trump seems like he wants to, to lower regulation, lower taxes. And it, when he wins, he's going to be working with the Republican House and a Republican Senate. So we'll actually be able to get some of these uh, these pieces of legislation repealed and replaced. Right, right. And for the pastors that are afraid of losing their 501c3 status, you don't have to say the name of either of the candidates when you're talking. You can just tell your congregation to vote for the candidate that comes closer to what the Bible has to say, that comes closer to supporting Israel. And I won't go on down the list, but just pick up your Bible, look at it. If you are trying to judge a candidate based on their holiness, then you need to go into your Bible, look at it, look it up, and read about, read judges. You read judges and you see what the judges of Israel had to do to get the job done. That's a Donald Trump. He would be in the book of Judges. I'm telling you, read it. Read it. I just what I'm reading in my quiet time. Can I do the cliff notes on that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Judges for dummies. Could I? Uh, do you think we could get kind of the abridged Actually, version? Actually, a lot of times in my quiet time in yeah. the morning, I'll put on Facebook what I'm reading, and I'll I'll do a quick little blurb for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. You know what? I appreciate that. We've got another friend that does some inspirational uh, Bible verses. So what's next for uh, Stump for Trump? October 4th is the oh. next debate. That's a Tuesday. you got some big plans going on for that? I don't have any plans for the debate yet. Okay. But what I – my What's coming to my mind these days is not just uh, through November 8th. November 9th, I want to wake up and say, all right, in two years we have a governor race, and in four years we have another presidential election. What's going on, the dynamics of our country, the baby boomers are getting older and, let's say, aging out. I don't have a nice way to say that yet. And the millennials are coming up and starting to vote. How about retiring? Retiring. Yes. Walking off into the pasture. How about that? Does that work? I'm really working on a nice way to (laughs) say that. But so you see the dynamic of our our GOP changing and the millennials coming up. So we need to find a way to engage the millennials Mm -hmm. and really do more grassroots yeah, uh, I don't care if it's a quarterly cookout. Hot yeah, dogs, I think we need. To, I think we need to have fun. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. Yes. The Democrats have always had their rallies, and they have like concerts and barbecues and yeah. cookouts and Republican events. And you've been to many with me. We just have like lineups of speakers and over and over again. And and and, and I I love all the politicians, and some of them can have good stump speeches. But when you sit for four hours and you hear eight speakers, you really just want to go away and uh, and start drinking heavily. I just got it. Food trucks. Food we'll truck, have that, a how, quarterly, how fun quarterly would that be? GOP food truck. And your admission to get in is if you're already a Republican, you don't have to tell somebody they have to be Republican. You just have to bring somebody who's not Republican, and that'll be your free <laughs> See, ticket that's in. The test. Otherwise, it's bring a, a bring a friend. You get free Fox Brothers. Food, we food had trucks. this. We had this gas uh, issue uh, recently, and they had put in a little bit of a uh, an executive order to say let's not gouge uh, prices on gas. I was thinking we need to do that to Fox Brothers. You ever had Fox Brothers barbecue? It's really good. I tried to go but one time it's and it really, was the line, yeah, the so line is so long. <laughs> it's so expensive. I think we need to step.
step in and and really drop that price by 50%. I think we need government to step in and say, look, your food is too good. You have, your lines are way too long. You need to, to, to start giving it away for free or and do something with it that, that can have more people access to the deliciousness of being a carnivore. And one of my insurance brokers is actually the man that sells the health insurance to Fox Brothers. Really? So we have another connection. Well, I was going to say, that's kind of... Uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, and then the barbecue joint. Here's your health insurance. Can you give me your cholesterol results, please? Well, yeah, small <laughs> small group, two to fifty, no medical questions. Okay. ABC, right? Always be closer. So, uh, so yeah, we've got uh, about forty days left. Um, you know, there's a lot of local elections going on as well. DeKalb, I've been working on a campaign with uh, in North DeKalb and part of Gwinnett County. We've been doing door to door, and we've been uh, going out and engaging folks and. It's amazing how our echo chamber, of course, everybody is dialed into politics, but the average person, they they just want to be able to put food on the table, not worry about government putting out edicts that, that, that stops them from uh, you know being able to work and, and engage in their daily lives. And uh, they, you know, I found that a, a, every group of diversity that we reach, they love their children the same way. And I think Republicans need to evolve their message to be a little bit more opening sometimes and right. not and not be scared of everything not right. the, the xenophobic um uh, diatribe or the mantra that the left tries to pin on the Republicans. Unfortunately, some of our uh, louder speakers can tend to do that. Right. And I thought, and here's another thing. Last night with with Trump, he it's very easy to look at the inner cities and say 50 years of liberal rule has decimated these. And mm-hmm. instead, he went, he kind of went off the rail a little bit with the stop and frisk. And just if he's going to go down that alley, he needs to really pull out the facts. Sure. And the facts are the the liberals have destroyed these inner cities. Right. And the, where the the schools are bad, businesses have gone away, and they're dangerous. That right. those are ab- those are facts. And, yeah. and Republicans have not been in charge of Chicago. They've not been in charge of Baltimore. They've not been in charge of Detroit yep. for fifty years. Right. So there is no way they should be culpable for yeah. the, the mess there, right? Yes. I mean, you look at the top ten poorest cities in America, and they are Democratic run. It's time to it's time to make a change. What have you got to lose? And I'll just jump off and say with regards to Black Lives Matter, if they want to go somewhere where it'd be like shooting fish in a barrel, no pun intended, they can just go to Chicago. There are a lot of black lives that matter in Chicago. They need Absolutely. to tackle that. They could really, really make a difference. I mean, they could go in they could just go in and really change things. Yeah, and 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 focus in a, in a positive way. And I will say that uh, you know there does seem to be a, a a pattern here where the police officers really need to look and say, do do we need to use deadly force here? And I think that that's the conversation we need to have. That some of these movements seem to be more politically motivated, and really, you know, if you're trying to protest, don't burn down the Little Caesars. Okay, I mean, you know, how much how much does insurance cost in Baltimore for Little Caesars these days? Well, not only that, <laughs> think about the people that work there. So somebody who's yep. going to go into work on Tuesday, their Little Caesars isn't there anymore. Exactly. Now they're on welfare, and, and then we go back to social they can't get the eight dollar deep dish that can feed a family of seven. So uh, those are witty thoughts by Ellen and Greg. We appreciate you guys for tuning in today. This was actually really fun. We had a pretty good audience here on uh, Facebook Live here at the Greg's List Studio. So all my friends that say they can't find me on AmericasWebRadio.com here is your solution, your present from me. Y'all have a great rest of the week, and uh, we'll be back soon on Greg's List. Thanks, as always, for listening.
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.